In today's show, I'm going to be looking at rookies for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton, he's here. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We did fourth year players. We did third year players. We did second year players. Now let's look at rookie players for fantasy basketball and sort of some expectations early on in the process. Reminder, Hey, even by the time you listen to this, Basketball Monster will be open Monday, the 23rd of August, US time. I don't know exactly what time it will be, but it will be open for memberships or projections. I've got a mock draft that we've already completed and written up over there on the site. All our usual stuff will be coming, but that is open for the earliest we've ever had it open, 23rd of August. Basketball Monster memberships will be open, so make sure you are checking that. If you are here watching this on YouTube, hey, new setup. Things might be a little bit clunky as I deal with new software, as I deal with new hardware and new camera, new lighting, new desk, dual monitors, and new PC. Hopefully everything goes according to plan. I hope there's no, not too many hiccups or things going wrong, but whatever there is, we will endeavor to get those fixed over the coming weeks. But that's where we're at. We are here. New, um, New setup, but of course, today, this is nothing new. We're brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. So let's talk rookies. We are here to talk rookies, and in general, reaching for rookies is a bad idea in fantasy. On average, three to four rookies in category leagues will be top 100 players over the course of the season. When you get to March and April, you'll probably get five or six being impact guys, but for the beginning of the year, those guys suck. You know, a great example of that was, say, Goose this year, Anthony Edwards, who sucked. He was really bad to begin this season, and then by the end of the year, he was cranking along. You had guys like Kenyon Martin Jr., who you shouldn't have anything to do with at the beginning of the season, and then by the end of the year, he was putting up great numbers. But if we look at a totality of a season, is that rookies in general, you get three... I think we had two top 100 guys last year. I think Anthony Edwards finished 101st. Um, yeah, Halliburton and Ball. So let's say three, including Edwards. And that's probably what you get this year in category leagues as top 100 players. Three rookies, and then by the end of the year, we'll have five or six in the March-April period who will become relevant in that time frame. So reaching for rookies is usually... Actually, not. let's rephrase. Absolutely every time is a bad idea. I will take rookies at certain points in drafts. I'm, I'm not adverse to... I'm just avoiding rookies at all costs. And I will understand that if I take someone at 80, I'm probably expecting 120 production for two months and then top 50 production for three months. But I'd be okay with doing that. But reaching for rookies is almost almost always going to be an absolutely terrible idea. So this is a star-studded rookie class for sure. I still think we probably get three to four rookies as top 100 players this year. Let's talk about those guys right now. And the first guy that I want to talk about is, of course, the number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. 
Cunningham was pick number one. Now, because I can't say what they did last year in fantasy or what their NBA numbers were, we've changed up the graphics here. Is Cunningham projected to be a better category league player or a better points league player? And I think when we're looking at him for this season, uh, I think he's going to be a marginally better category league player. It won't be a big difference between the two, but that's sort of how I see him going. I expect him to be the starter at shooting guard next to Killian Hayes from day one. It is Dwayne Casey, so that could be a little bit different. But remember, Killian Hayes started day one last year. He didn't play starters minutes, but he did start day one. I expect Cunningham to be the starter. Is he draftable? Yes. Um, Yeah, ADP, we don't know yet because sites aren't open and we don't have that data at this stage. But I would expect, I think that there is a decent chance that Cunningham could be a top 40 player this season. I want nothing to do with him drafting him in the top 40. I, I think probably 60 to 80 is a reasonable range. In most cases, I'll probably avoid it because there's so much stuff that can go wrong. What if Cunningham plays 29 minutes a game? Probably unlikely, but what if he does? What if the assists just don't happen? What if the shooting doesn't work? What if he doesn't generate defensive stats, which he did at a pretty high level at Oklahoma State? All of those things are distinct possibilities for Cade Cunningham, and that might mean you've wasted a fifth-round pick. I wouldn't take him in round five, but you might have wasted a fifth-round pick by selecting Cade Cunningham with that pick when there are other proven guys on the board who don't have the sexy upside that a Cade Cunningham does. So just be really, really careful when selecting rookies in fantasy drafts because you just don't, there's so much unknown and so much in-season variation and fluctuations from what they do. It is a real risk. I'm going to stress that multiple times. The next guy I want to talk about, Orlando. I think they got a real steal by having this guy fall to them at number five, Jalen Suggs. I think Suggs is going to be marginally better in a points league format, just marginally. Not going to be, not going to be a huge difference there, but I think he's going to be marginally better. He can give you nice rebounds, a good rebounder, good steals, good assists. The percentages for him weren't ideal, especially free throws. You would hope they'd be a little bit higher. So let's see how that translates across. He also wasn't a big three-point percentage volume guy at Gonzaga or Gonzaga. So hopefully he's able to um, you get a little bit more happening there. I do believe that uh, Suggsy will be a starter, but there's a lot of options there. There is, of course, uh, Cole Anthony, who started last year. There is Gary Harris. Nice, Gary! There's RJ Hampton. They won't start Terrence Ross, I'll assure you of that. And then there's Markel Fultz, who also probably won't be ready for opening night. If I was to put money on it, I would say Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs start in the backcourt, and then Fultz comes back, and then it's Fultz and Suggs in the backcourt. Both guys have got the size to play off-ball. I think Suggs has got the shooting and the defensive ability to play at the two as well, and I think he probably does start at the two this year. But ideally, they just I think already he's, he's by far the best prospect on this team. And I think he's going to be, within a month, the best guard on this team. But that doesn't mean that he's going to produce at a super high level immediately. So don't get uh, overly um, fired up about it. Draftable, yes, of course. He's you know, assists and steals. Probably he's going to be bigger strength. The free throw is something I do want to watch for him. But to me, he's probably more of, a, uh, of an eighth or, or ninth round guy, maybe seventh, because point guards do fall off. After these, you know, after your first four or five rounds, it does become hard to find a really solid point guard. And if you are looking for assists at that portion of the draft, yeah, maybe Suggs is going to be your only option there. And it might completely blow up in your face. And I think there's a decent chance of that. Just a spoiler in the mock draft that I did write up for Basketball Monster, I did take Suggs, I think, in the 80s, maybe around seven, round eight, around that time. 
just because oh, I wanted to get another point guard and I wanted assists and there was just nothing else around. So I, I took Suggs at that area, but I wouldn't be suggesting going higher than that. And I think probably, you know, if you can wait till I pick 100, it's going to be a better option for you. In large part, I, I took Suggs there so I could just talk about the idea of taking rookies and the risk reward in that mock. But yeah, it is always going to be a pretty significant level of risk that um, you have to take on if that is indeed what you are doing. Guys, if you have a problem with excessive sweating, and there are plenty, there are plenty of you out there, whether it's you or someone you love, Sweatblock is the product that you need to get to them. It is doctor created and doctor recommended, and it works for up to seven days. It also has the dry shirt guarantee. If your Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. How good's that deal? But you can also get a better deal because you can use a twenty percent discount code. Careful of those wording. Twenty percent off by using Locked On at Sweatblock.com. What you do with Sweatblock at night? You go home, use the wipes, wipe them in your pits, go to bed, have a snooze, get up the next morning, have a wash, and you're ready to go. And that covers you for up to seven days. And at most, you have to use it twice a week. That is stronger than most clinical antiperspirants. Sweatblock is the product that you have been waiting for if you suffer from hyperhidrosis. No one wants to be up presenting in front of people at a board meeting, and there's just water dripping down your sides and a big pool pit stain on your blue shirt. Absolutely horrendous look. Sweatblock is what you need. 20% off sweatblock.com or you can get it at Amazon and at CVS as well. Sweatblock.com, use our promo code Locked On. Football season, we are back. Do you love football? If you do, you can put your brains and your money where your mouth is because as football cranks up, professional, college, BetOnline is the place that you need to go to make your bets. It is your number one spot for all college and pro football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's biggest 20... Not 20, 200,000. I thought that was a typo. $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to that website and we'll use your mobile device to sign up to receive your 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day special. Super promo. Make a bet on the season opener, Thursday, September 9th. The Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers against America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers and only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for your for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. All right, who is next? Let's go to another Jalen. Let's go to Houston to speak about Jalen Green, the number two pick in the NBA draft. I think he's going to be a marginally better category league player than points league guy. It's not a huge difference between the two. Um, I think that out of all of these rookies, he is going to get reached for the most because people get super excited by a flashy guy that will score. I don't think that Jalen Green is going to come in and average 20 points a game as a rookie. Remember, John Wall, Eric Gordon, Kevin Porter, Christian Wood, these guys are still on. Yeah, but Josh, John Wall and Eric Gordon aren't the future. Yes. Yes, I know that. But this is the present. And John Wall and Eric Gordon, are, they're not going to come in and just not play. Like they're just, It's just not going to happen. Steven Silas is not going to come in and go, Johnny, my guy, can you just sit down there like Al Bundy, your hand down your pants and watch all season? That'd be great. John's going to go, Steve, and your kids, cover your ears. Steve, respectfully, fuck off. I'm playing. That's how this is going to work. So Green will have stretches where he averages big scoring. 
But I think part of my issue with Jalen Green's fantasy game is, what else? Eventually, he's going to become a 20-point-per-game scorer. I feel pretty good about that. He's going to hit some threes, but is there enough assists, rebounds, steals? Is the field goal percentage going to be high enough for that not to be a significant negative? Will he just be like what Anthony Edwards was last year, which was, for the first three months, shithouse. Like, not useful at all for fantasy. I worry a little bit about that for Jalen. He's going to be dynamic. He's going to be explosive. It does look like the Rockets are leaning towards starting him this season next to Kevin Porter and next to John Wall, which is going to be just brutal defensively. I don't know if you're playing Porter, who thinks he's a point guard at the three, or you're playing Jalen Green, who's skinny as shit playing at the three. Like, that is going to be a defensive nightmare. Um, but, yeah, they, they, are, they are probably going to start. Green is going to be overdrafted. He's going to be have an ADP in the 70s would be my guess. I don't know. I'm making that up, but that's how I guess things are going to go. I would not pick him inside the top 100. I just think there are too many significant risks there that it's going to be hyper inefficient with that low usage and not enough peripherals around there. I think that, yeah, at the way my projections currently said, I think that Suggs will actually outperform him from a fantasy basis. I don't have supreme confidence in that, but just because Suggs' ability to rebound more, get more assists and probably get more steals probably puts him ahead of where Green is, but Green will almost undoubtedly go ahead of Suggs, in my opinion. He went super early in the mock draft we did the other day as well. Um, yeah, 20 points per game is really valuable. I'm just not sure that Green comes in and does that straight away. Maybe he does, but there is a significant risk in trying to do that. He's a draftable guy, sure. He's going to get drafted way too high, in my opinion, but we just need to see how that all pans out and, and to how, how he looks. But just be uh, one of those guys, again, who I think the, the hype around him is probably going to be very high, especially if he has a couple of preseason games where he goes off. And if he does do that, I think context around that's going to be important. Did John Wall play? Where did they play him? What did Kevin Porter do? How did Christian Wood look like? Or did they just say, Jalen, go and do everything in a full-strength lineup? That's going to be really important. But we see these guys will come out and have these 40-point preseason games, and everyone gets absolutely rock hard and gets excited about it, and then there's context that gets missed. So I think we need to be really cautious with Jalen. He'll have some points value, mainly because his yeah, efficiency won't be a problem there. But again, I still think that if things do work as I expect, he'll be marginally, like B's dick, better in a category league, but it won't be a, uh, it won't be a significant difference in those uh, two formats. Let's go to Cleveland now. Look at the number three overall pick, Evan Mobley. Again, at this point, what I am expecting is for Mobley to be the starter very early on. Probably opening night next to Jarrett Allen. My understanding is in Cleveland, and there's still lots of water to go under the bridge there. I think Larry Nance is out. I don't think Kevin Love is going to be a starter. And I think they're going to start Mobley next to Allen. Now, in my mind, Mobley is a center. His position in the NBA in the future is at center. Yes, he's a little bit thin at the moment, but I'm not sure I love him being uh, playing at the four and trying to defend out there, regardless of how thin or skinny or weak he is a center. And I think it's... You know, oh, just wait till he gets strong. Look, just play him at, at his best position. But they're not going to do that. He's going to have some issues with three-point shooting and free throw percentage. I think he's going to block a lot of shots early on, especially weak side stuff with Jarrett Allen protecting the paint. That's going to help Mobley. He'll score a bit. His passing was really, really good in summer league. So I'm looking to see how that works because we've seen Nance and Love put up really good assist numbers in Cleveland. And Mobley can just basically fit that role, especially when Garland and Sexton aren't great facilitators. There could be some value there for Mobley. So... That's going to be really interesting. I think he's a guy, that, again, you don't want to take inside the top 100. I think he's probably going to be better in a, in a points league form. But again, that, that's really, really, you know, really tough, really sort of squeezing in where they go. 
and how close that is. I think it's pretty pretty close. Um, I think Mobley, you know, if it were if it comes together for him, he has got second highest upside in this class for fantasy behind Cade. But I don't know if it's going to come together that way. It might. It might not. So I'm really interested to see how it works. But there is so much, um, not not confusion, but Love and Nance are still there. So they're still going to have somewhat of an impact on what he's able to do this year. But I still like him as a late pick. The rebounds, blocks, assists, hopefully field goal percentage can all come together as be positive. Points, I'm not sure. Um, Hopefully the free throws and threes are able to come together, but I'm I'm not 100% convinced on those. Hopefully we get that happening, but it's again, yeah, not, not, uh, not a guarantee by any stretch. But I'll tell you what is guaranteed. This episode being brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models for cars, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need for your car. Why would you endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning from the bloke behind the counter when you could just access rockauto.com on the computer that literally sits in your pocket wherever you go on your phone? Save time, save money when using Rock Auto. There's no reason to spend 30, 50, 100% more on these parts from a chain store or a car dealership Get that garbage out of here. Go to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving online do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Go and explore their easy-to-use website to find that solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Com. Okay, we're getting towards the end. Because again, when we talk rookies, there's not huge amounts of those guys who are going to be um, valuable for fantasy. Let's talk about a guy who I do think is going to be somewhat valuable. And we head to Oklahoma City, Josh Giddy. Now we saw Giddy play for five minutes in summer league. So I think his name goes out of people's minds a little bit. Once we get to the end of a fantasy draft, it's really tough to find assists, as I've mentioned already. Giddy could average five, six, seven assists this year. I think that he is going to be the starting point guard for this team really early on. Their other option is the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon. Shea Gildas-Alexander is going to play at the two. There's Ty Jerome. But really, are you banking on uh, Maladon or Jerome to be your starters moving forward? No, you spent the sixth pick on this bloke to be that guy. Now, he might start for a month or so coming off the bench, but I do think that Giddy is going to be the starter and is going to put up some pretty good numbers. Now, you're going to have worries with his percentages for sure. And that's going to lead to him probably being a better points league guy than category league guy because field goals and free throws both might be pretty shithouse and he probably won't hit a ton of threes. But getting good rebounds, really good rebounder, getting some good assists and the fact that he's going to have, I think, a relatively stable role on this team is going to be useful for fantasy. So yes, he's a draftable guy. Again, finding assists late and a starting point guard late, it's not easy to do. And he is going to be that option for you. I think with a last pick, a 12th round pick, you can grab Giddy. He actually went undrafted, I think, in our mock draft that we did, which was really intriguing. I probably should have snagged him with the last pick. I don't remember exactly who I picked with that last pick. But a bit surprising he went undrafted. 
I think he's going to be a pretty popular target of mine in late rounds. And if it doesn't work and they're playing him 20 minutes behind Maladon, then you just piss him off. You go, see you later, Josh. Come back later on. Keep an eye to see if they do change that rotation at any point in the season, because I think they will. But at this point, um, yeah, I do expect him to be a starter very early on. How he looks in preseason and how they use him in preseason, of course, is going to be really key with that. But at this point, I am pretty interested to see exactly what happens with Josh Giddy. Let's go back to Houston now because they had four first round picks. I think two of them are going to have some value this year. Now, if I said that Jalen Green is at risk of being overdrafted, I think this bloke also is. Now you know that I love him. Alperen Shengun. In my last mock draft, I actually had him at number four. And in that show, I said, yeah, probably actually Suggs at four and Shengun at five is what I would do. But yeah, you know, I sort of went a little bit wild and said, let's put Shengun at four. He went to 16 in the draft, which is insane in my mind. But again, looking at this Rockets team, Christian Wood is going to start, and I believe Daniel Tice is going to start. I think Shen Goon will probably come as the first big man off the bench and play 20 minutes a night. He was really good in summer league. He blocked a shit ton of shots. He hit some threes. He rebounded well. He scored well. He looked really good. I just don't think there's going to necessarily be enough minutes for him right out of the gate to be that impactful guy. I don't think that he's a draftable player. I think that you know, Cunningham, Suggs, Mobley, Green, Giddy, those five guys probably all should get drafted. And you could even say that the Giddy and Mobley, maybe they're not draftable guys. They probably are, but maybe they're not. Shengun is going to get drafted. And some people are going to reach like into pick 11 or round 11, I think, that they'll go there that high with him. I wouldn't just because I don't see a 26-minute-a-night path straight away. Because not only is there Wood and Tice... There is also Kenyon Martin Jr., who could play power forward. There's the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, because if they're starting green Porter Wall, then Tate's going to have to play at the four as a reserve three and four. There's the uh, Daniel House Jr., who I don't think is very good, but the Rockets like him, so he's going to get minutes at the three and the four. Wood, Tice, there's Usman, Usman Garuba, who I don't think is going to play a huge amount, actually, but there's a lot of players in that front court. Tate, House, Martin, Wood, Tice, Shengun. Now, I think Shengun's really good, and I love the pick for the Rockets, and I would love to see them develop him next to Wood. And I think by the t- this is one of those ones. By the time we get to March, Shengun will be playing 25 a night and be a must-roster player. I just think for the first three months, he might play 16 minutes a night, and it's just not going to be worth a while. So it is one to watch as to where he, where he ends up in the rotation and what they do, because if they, if they don't actually start Tice, that actually hurts Shengun significantly, because it means Tice is the backup center, and Shengun moves to third string. And then he might not even play every night. If they decide to start Tate at the four and not Tice with Wood at center, then that's a real blow to where Shengun's value could end up. Let's go to Toronto. Scotty Barnes. The Scotty Barnes hive is very, very active on YouTube. We're all well aware of that. People telling me he's guaranteed the best player in this class. He's going to be a superstar. The Raptors don't miss, all that sort of stuff. They do miss. Masai's great. I love him. He's the best executive in the league, but they do miss at times. And yeah, Scotty, again, Raptors fans, I know you're going to kill me here. Like He had some really good games in summer league. He had a couple that were pretty disappointing. Now, I think there is a chance that he starts to begin the season because Pascal Siakam is likely out. But then when Siakam comes back, he moves to the bench. They could also decide that they're going to start Boucher at the four instead of... Um, instead of Barnes, but there's a lot of ways they can go. They could go with Fred Van Vliet and Goran Dragic in the backcourt, Gary Trent at the three, and then OG Ananobi at the four. But what about Scarf? OG, Bl- 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 stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. 
They could play Barnes at the four and OG at the three and have Dragic or Trent coming off the bench. They could start Malachi Flynn. They could start Boucher and Birch together. They could start Boucher and Achua together. There's a lot of different rotation things there. And Barnes has got such significant weaknesses in his three-pointers, his field goals, and his free throws that I'm not... And he didn't have great steal and block numbers in college. They had some really big block games in summer league. That To me, he's not a draftable guy, and I project him to come off the bench more than he starts this season, unless there's just significant injuries. Say OG and Siakam are down, then he will start. But opening night, I think he's probably 50-50 to start, and then Siakam come back, comes back and he definitely moves to the bench. Or they could go in one of those other directions that I mentioned and start Boucher or start Trent and Dragic and, and Van Vliet all together. He is going to be, again, because people love this guy, especially Toronto people, they are going to overdraft him. He's going to get drafted, and I wouldn't be drafting him in, in most situations. Again, there are just too many downsides to his game, plus minutes and role uncertainty in this coming season. And the last rookie that I'm going to talk about is another one in Orlando. They've already had uh, one guy here. Franz Wagner. At this point, I imagine Wagner is the backup three and four. Terrence Ross gets minutes at the two and the three, and we get Trimmer, Kiki, and John Isaac starting if Isaac is ready to go to begin the season. Wagner's got an ability to get steals and blocks and assists and be an okay rebounder with okay percentages and not great threes and not great scoring. To me, he's like a below average Rudy Gay, who Rudy Gay used to be one of those guys in fantasy that every category, he would just hit sort of averages. You know, Z scores of zero across the board. And Jason Tatum was that for his first couple of years as well. I think Wagner's going to be the guy that's sort of half a, half a standard score or you know, negative 0.5 standard score below every category, negative one, sort of really rock solid across all categories, but not pushing to a higher level. I don't think there's any way that you're drafting Wagner. I think he's a better category league guy than a points league guy because the volume is not really his thing. It's steals and blocks and assists. And with some okay percentages, that works better for category leagues. But he's not going to be a draftable guy, even though he was the uh, the number one, uh, number one, the number eight overall pick. Now, other guys we can talk about here, um, in terms of other, other rookies, I don't think that um, John Kaminga, I don't think that Trey Murphy or Chris Duarte or Bones Highland or Davion Mitchell or Moses Moody. When you look at Moody, 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 Moses Moody. I just don't think any of those guys are going to have, without injury, a large enough role to really have any sort of fantasy impact for us this season. We watch to see what happens with Kaminga and Moody. We watch to see what Trey Murphy's role is, but at this point, he's going to be the backup to Brandon Ingram. Chris Duarte, for his, and he, he put up good numbers in summer league, especially defensively, but Brogdon, Levert, Warren, McConnell, Justin Holiday, um, Edmund Sumner, um, Jeremy Lamb, like all those guys are going to be in the mix in there. He can probably jump ahead of Sumner, but they're all in the mix for the minutes at the one, two, and the three. I'm not sure if Duarte is going to have a large enough role to make that uh, make that great. Same with Davion Mitchell. Fox, Halliburton, Hill, they're all still there. So fourth guard at best, probably for Mitchell, just not enough minutes um, for me, for him to be an impactful guy. And yeah, those guys that I mentioned, and even, I'm not even sure Barnes and Wagner can crack the top 200 this year, but they're the only guys who really have a shot, I think, of cracking the top 200 for this upcoming season. That will do it for me today. Let me know what you thought about today's show. You can do that in the YouTube comments down below. Also, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up, ring the bell, Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.